Welcome to Grace Family Church. We are so glad you decided to check out our podcast. Our prayer is that this teaching from Pastor Tommy will encourage your faith and lead you towards the greatness God has planned for you. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoy this message. So I am honored and privileged to be here and uh, glad to minister to you today. Are you ready to receive what the Lord has for you today? Amen. All right. Well, let's just go and get into it. Let's pray, if you would. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for your word today. We thank you, Lord God, that it brings light and it brings life. We thank you, Lord God, that as I minister your word today, that your, your spirit, the spirit of revelation, will speak to our hearts this morning. We're seeking you, Lord God, for your purpose and your plan. We're seeking you, Lord God, for, for the things that you have for us today. And we, we, Lord God, are here ready to receive what you have for us by your anointing. And I thank you, Lord God, that revelation knowledge will flow in, into the hearts of each one here, that they'll be changed in a godly way. And we thank you, Lord God, for these things in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone that agrees says, Amen. Amen. If you will, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we are going to start with verse 1. And it says this, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Now look what he says here. He says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. He's letting us know this, that he wants you to know some things about how the Spirit of God moves. Now if you look at it in the King James, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. It uses the two words, spiritual gifts. But if you, who has the King James on them here? Anybody have that? If you look at it, the word gifts is italicized. And in the King James, what that means is that was not originally in the, or the original manuscript. They added to help it make sense for us, okay? So really, I like to read it this way a lot of times. Now concerning spirituals, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Now, what is he speaking about when he says spirituals? He's saying this, I want you to know how the Spirit of God moves. I want you to know how that God makes a difference in your life. And I would just happen to be reading, I've never read this before until this morning. I was just looking at this verse, and let me see if I can pull up my U translation here in the message. It's very interesting. Just take a minute here, boom, boom. Oh, there it goes. He says it this way. Just listen for a moment. What I want to talk about now, this is, this is 1 Corinthians 12, 1. What I want to talk about now is the various ways God's Spirit gets worked into our lives. This is complex and often misunderstood, but I want you to be informed and knowledgeable. Isn't that easy to understand? That's exa- this is exactly what our message is today. This is what we're talking about. This is what I want to bring to your heart and so that you may remember it, so that you may uh, put it in your lives, so that you may see godly change. If you would go with me to Isaiah chapter 10, Isaiah the 10th chapter. You may have seen this verse before in verse 27. He said, brethren, I would not have you ignorant in how the Spirit of God moves. When God moves in our life, He does it by His Spirit. Everybody say, His Spirit. Spirit. Let me say it to you this way. When God moves in our life, He always does it by the anointing. Say the anointing. See, as we're going to see in this verse here, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. Okay, And what we're teaching today and what I want you to see when you leave this place today is this. When God does something in my life, he does it by his anointing. When God does something in your life, he does it by the anointing. That is the only way that he ministers to you is by the anointing, by the Holy Spirit. I like to say it this way. The Father God had the plan. The Lord Jesus came and made that plan available and paid the price so that the Father could do his plan in your life. And now it's the job of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say Holy Spirit. Everybody say anointing. Now it's the job of the Holy Spirit or the anointing to execute the plan of God in your life. Think about the day that you were born again. Who remembers when you received Christ as Lord and Savior, okay? What happened prior to that? The Holy Spirit, or the anointing, drew you to Him. The Holy Spirit revealed to you that Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life. The Holy Spirit, or the anointing, said, you are a sinner and you need this godly change in your life. Amen? 
Is that not what happened? And then when we call it the conviction of the Holy Spirit, the, the anointing come upon you and convicted you to accept Jesus Christ as Savior Lord. And then you said those words and you prayed that prayer and, and, and God came into your life and the very Spirit of God came in you, right? Who was that? The Holy Spirit, the anointing. We're going to see this in Scripture in just a minute. We're going to show Scripture to prove just what I'm telling you right now. But the anointing came within you and came to live within you. And re, it was the Holy Spirit that, who knows, we're new creatures in Christ Jesus. Who knows God took the heart of flesh and made it, you know, a heart of stone and made it a, a heart of flesh. How did he do that? By the anointing. Everybody say the anointing. Okay. He did it by the anointing. And then after that, now you've been born again and you're all excited and you're all fire. You're, you're going good, right? And you read the word. Have you ever read the word of God and then, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay. What is that? That's revelation. Revelation from whom? The Holy Spirit. And so even today, when God moves in your life, he does it by the anointing. He does it by his spirit because it's the, it's, the, it's the job of the Holy Spirit to execute the plan of God in your life. Let me read to you here. I'm gonna go, I've got a definition here for the anointing before we get into 1027. It's this. The anointing is, just so we're clear about what I mean when I say the anointing. The anointing is the manifest presence of God sent to bring godly change. If you're taking notes, I'd write that one down. It's the manifest presence of God sent to bring godly change. It's when God shows up, the manifest presence, when God shows up, he is sent to do what? To bring godly change. Not just change, godly change. Are you hearing me today? All right, now you, did, did you get to Isaiah chapter 10? All right, very good. So it says this, and it shall come to pass... That in that day that his burden, everybody say burden, yep, shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck. And then he says this, the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. The reason that the yoke gets destroyed is because of the, yeah, it's the anointing that does that. Now, what is he talking about when he says the yoke? What, who, who, everybody knows what a yoke is, right? Now, when I remember when I was a kid and I heard him talk about the anointing breaks the yoke, and I didn't know anything about farm equipment. I thought, well, you know what? It should, it's not too hard to break a yoke because the only yoke I knew about was like on my eggs when I go sunny side up, right? And I'm thinking, well, it, it doesn't have to be very strong to do that because I can kind of barely poke it, and it goes everywhere, right? Childish thinking on that. But then I found out that the yoke that he's talking about is, is, is what they put upon the, the necks of, of mule, cows and mules and oxen. Yeah, mostly there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, what, what does that yoke do? It, it, it holds them together. And, it, and, it, and, and in our case here, it keeps us down. So what he's telling us is this. He says, and the yoke from off thy neck are, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Whatever, whatever is holding you back the anointing comes to destroy it. Now what's holding you back? You can look at Scripture and you can see the, the, the Spirit of God lives within you. Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. So what's holding you back? Sometimes we let things weigh us down. So what do we need? We need the anointing. Sometimes the anointing comes as someone preaches to you or even as someone teaches to you. When you hear a preacher or a teacher minister to you from the word of God, and really that's where it's, it's at, it's the word of God. But when you hear a minister teach unto you, it'll bring revelation to your heart if you come ready. And then you hear that word, and then it's like, boom, and explodes. You think in your mind, that's not really where it's exploding. It's exploding right here, right? It's on the inside. You see something fresh, and you see, hear something new. Let me tell you this, just a little word, little word on the side here. If, when you're here in ministry, 
and, 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 and someone speaks to you and it was like something's like, ooh, on the inside, hear that, receive that, and begin to do that. Sometimes we'll hear that, receive that, say, oh, that was good, God. Thank you, God, for that. We walk out the doors and we forget what we heard. It was sent, what's the anointing sent to do? Bring godly change. Oh, oh, this is good. Okay, here we go. If you receive revelation from the word of God, it's sent to bring godly change. Now, you can ignore it. You can even be excited about it at the beginning. But if you don't put it in your life, you'll never see the godly change that God wants for you. So he brings us his anointing to set us free. Those things that were weighing us down, those things that are keeping us away from, from, from God's plan. He sends the anointing. Let's read that again. And it shall come to pass that in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. I want to read that definition again, again one more time. It's the manifest presence of God sent to bring godly change. Yes, we'll do that. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you would. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, our text. I want to show you something here. Oop. There goes the glasses. We got those on just in case. You know, I'm at that point where, you know, I can usually read, but then sometimes you can't, so you got to have them. Are you in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 again? Now, now, let's look at verse 1 again. Now concerning spirituals, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. I want you to know, I want you to understand how my spirit moves. When my spirit moves to bring godly change in your life, I want you to understand where you're going to receive that from. I want you to understand how that it moves. I want you to understand how it brings life unto you. So let's talk about this, is what Paul says. I, want you, I would not have you to be ignorant on this. I want you to know these things. So let's look what he starts to talk about. He says, you know that you were Gentiles carried away into these dumb idols. Who knows idols are dumb? He means they can't speak to you. People serving these things and they can't even speak to them. Okay, you know that you were Gentiles carried away into these dumb idols even as you were led. Wherefore I give you to understand. I want you to understand this. I, want, I don't want you to be ignorant, but this is what I want you to understand. I want you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God called Jesus a curse and that no man say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. What is he saying? When the Spirit of God, he wants you to understand spirituals. He wants you to understand the anointing. And here's what he's telling you. Whenever the anointing is in operation, Jesus will be glorified. That's the point he's making there. He's not going to bring about down the work of Jesus. He's not going to talk bad about what Jesus has done. But the anointing will lift up Jesus. Are you with me? All right. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operation, but it's the same God which worketh all in all. But then he says this. I want you to understand spirituals, brethren. The manifestation of the spirit of, is given to every man to profit with all. The anointing will always come to make your life better. That's what verse 7 is saying. When God shows up in your life, he always does it to make your life better. He will not, he does not want you to leave the same. But the manifestation is, of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Okay? Now he begins what we call the, the, the gifts of the Spirit. Who's heard of the gifts of the Spirit before? What's the subject again? Spirituals. What's spirituals? The anointing. Okay? He's talking about the way God moves in your life. And he began to show one way that the, excuse me, the Spirit of God moves is by the gifts of the Spirit. For to one is given the Spirit by the word of wisdom, and another by the word of knowledge, but the same Spirit. Try, uh, the, to another, faith, which is of the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, divers kinds of tongues. And another, uh, the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and self-same Spirit, dividing to every man several as he will. Now, we could take 14 weeks and preach on those verses. 
right? Just on that part. What's he talking about? That What's his point? God's given the Spirit of God. God's given his gifts of the Spirit to bring godly change into your life. This is one way that the Spirit of God moves. It's a powerful way. Amen? But now let's keep on reading. Verse 12. What does he talk about next? Okay, I just, I want to get you to get this for me. Or The subject of the chapter is what? Spirituals or the anointing, right? What is that? It's how God moves. The subject is how God moves. So what does he start talking about in the next verse? For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members are of that one body, being many or one body, but also, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we are all baptized into one body. What is the subject? Manifestation of the spirit. Spirituals. I don't know how many times I've read these verses right here and never even thought about that what he's trying to tell me is this, how's God, this is how God's spirit moves. Until I looked at that one day and saw, wow, the subject is spirituals. Now what point is he making now? He's talking about the body of Christ. God will move and God will manifest his spirit by the gifts of the spirit. Yeah, amen, Pastor Doug, that's right. We want some spirit, some words of knowledge. We want some, you know, gifts of healings. Interpretation, tongues interpretation. Because they're powerful. What he says next is, the body of Christ, when it's in its place and operating in the place that God has set them in, will produce the anointing. And maybe you know the rest of the chapter here. He goes on to say, and we'll just kind of paraphrase some of this. The foot can't say to the ear, I want to be, you know, I want to hear. The knee can't say to the fingers, I want to scratch. No, his point here is this. He's saying when you find your place in the body of Christ and you fulfill what God has called you to do, the anointing will come and you will bring change, godly change, in the life of people. When you find your place. Unfortunately, many times we're trying to find another place. Well, the knee's kind of boring, and I'm, I'm tired of being the knee. Oh, you're tired of the anointing? Oh. It's, the, that's, it's where God anoints you, where God has placed you. And that God has set you in these places in the body of Christ because he wants to bring godly change not only in your life, but to, in the life of those that are around you. Thank God for the Spirit of God. Thank God for the anointing. Thank God for your place in the body of Christ. Because when you fulfill that, you allow spirituals to happen. You allow the anointing to roll. And people's lives will be changed. Praise God. And notice how much time he spends on this particular subject. I mean, we started in what? In verse 12? And he continues it in 13 and 14 and 15 and 16 and 17 and 18 and 19 and 20 and 21 and 22 and 23 and 24. Oh, he's still going on at it in 25. I think he's making a message here, folks, for us. I mean, he spent about, what, four verses there on the gifts of the Spirit, which, which are so powerful, and we think, oh, God, that's powerful. Oh, thank you, Lord. He's spending what? How many on that? He starts talking about the comely parts and the parts that don't seem so great. He's talking about don't have no schism in the body in verse 25. We should be arguing with each other. We should get along. Oh, I'm so tired of people on video talking about other churches and this and that. Now, come on. Wearing me out. I'm like, stop. Just preach. Do your thing. Your thing ain't to call other people out. We can have differences in the body and agreements in the body, disagreements in the body, and still be loving toward one another, right? And still work together as one body. For their comely parts. And then verse 25, and there should be no schism in the body. Verse 26, what's he talking about? The body is still. 
Verse 27, now you, are, uh, now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. Verse 27, so he goes all the way to verse 27, just talking about the body of Christ and how that when you walk in your place and you fulfill that place that God has for you, God can use you and the anointing can flow through. Let's keep on reading. And then he goes to verse 28. And I think it's interesting that he saved this to last because, you know, some people think this is the only way that God moves is by the preacher. But it's the last one he mentions. And God said upon the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. After, what's he talking about? How God moves. The Spirit of God will move in these offices. Thirdly teachers. After that, miracles. Then gifts of healings. Helps. Governments. Diversities of tongues. He's talking about the gift of diversity of tongues. Are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? No. Have all the gifts of healings? Well, the answer to that is no. Do we all speak with tongues? He's talking about the gift of that tongues. No. Do all, do all interpret? No. He's talking about the body of Christ here, and he's saying everybody's not that place, but when you are that place, you, the body, the, the ministry gifts have been given by God to the church so that God's anointing can flow within the church. So that godly change can happen within our body. But then he says something very interesting, and I'm going to get a drink of water before I get to this, because it's... Check out that last verse. Can you put that up there for me, that last verse? In 1 Corinthians 12, what is it, verse 30, 31? Yeah, there we go. But covet earnestly the best gifts. And yet, I'm going to show you a more excellent way. I'm going to ask you this again. I've asked it several times. What's the subject of the chapter? Min, min, what did it say? The anointing. That's right. What's the, what's, the, what's the subject of the chapter? The anointing, spirituals, right? How God moves. He's telling us how God moves, how God brings godly change. And he says this. Yeah, all those are good. I want you to covet the best gifts. And yet, I'm going to show you a more excellent way. More excellent way to what? Allow the Spirit of God to move. And yet, all those are great. Take your place in the body. Receive from the ministry gifts. Be open to allow the, the, the gifts of the Spirit to move in your midst and in your lives. And how powerful those are, those three things are. But I want to show you a more excellent way to allow the anointing to flow. What is that more excellent way? They, he stopped the chapter. No, he didn't stop the chapter. We put chapters in there. What's the more excellent way for the Spirit of God to move? Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have no charity, love. I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. He's saying this. The more excellent way to bring change in the body of Christ and in your life is love. He's saying walking in love has... a. He's saying when you choose to walk in love, you will open up the ability of the anointing to flow into that situation even more than if you brought the preacher in. Mm. I know, I know case, I know people particularly. One, one family can't stand to what, what somebody else in the family's doing because it's ungodly and it's this and it's that and it's all that. And they don't want them around them, don't want them near them. Can't happen. We can't show up with that. They're not allowing love to bring a change in that person's life because we're rejecting them as opposed to doing what the Bible says and walk in love.
They want to see godly change, but to forget in the more excellent way. Everybody say more excellent. Yeah, it's the more excellent way, walking in love. Okay, now that part right there, that was just all extra. That's not even my notes. Now let's get on with it. Turn with me to John chapter 1. I forgot to ask y'all for an extra five minutes to do that. Okay, just to review the, the, the note part of the message. Okay? One, he does not want us ignorant of spirituals or the way God moves. We know that the yoke of bondage is broken. Whatever is wrong in your life, whatever you need from God in your life is the yoke of bondage. And what it, that is only broken by the anointing. When God moves in our lives and brings godly change, he does it by his anointing. And we define the anointing as the manifest presence of God sent to bring godly change. Now let's look a little about our Lord Jesus, okay? Who's in verse 1 of John chapter 1? In the beginning, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now look down at verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Who is the word that John is speaking of? Jesus. And he says, speaking of Jesus, Jesus was the word, and the word was God. And the word is God. Because Jesus is God. Jesus is God. There's God the Father, there's God, God the Lord Jesus, and God, the Holy Spirit is God also. Man, we're not going to get into that today. Let's keep on. I just want you to know Jesus was God. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 3. Let's look at Jesus. Now, we, you know we're halfway to Christmas, you know. Right? Have you got your presents done yet? It's going to be here before you know it. Matt, where are we going? Matthew chapter 3 is where we're going. It's halfway to Christmas, and the reason I bring up Christmas is this. Jesus was born, or that's when we celebrate the birth of Jesus. When Jesus was born, was Jesus God? Yes, 100%. As that baby laid in a manger, was Jesus God? Yes, when he was a teenager running around, learning from his, the work of his father as a carpenter, was he God? Yes, he was. Oh, I'm in Matthew 5. Look at verse 13, if you would. See, Jesus, and, and it talks about the birth of Jesus here in Matthew chapter 1, and it works this way here. We get to Matthew chapter 3, and, and he tells us a little bit about Jesus and his birth and, and what happened around that subject. You know, you look at the Gospels, you can see all that. And he gets to chapter 3 very quickly because this is where God starts to move in the life of Jesus, okay? Now, now look in verse 13. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John, to be baptized of him. And John forbade him, saying, I, I have need to be baptized of thee, and thou comest to... I, I, you need to be baptizing me, not me baptizing you, is what John said. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to, to fulfill all righteousness. Then he, then he suffered him. Then he went on and did it. Now look what happened in verse 16. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. And, in, and, and lo, the heavens were opened up unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God, descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And, that, and, and lo, the, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased got a question for you. Up until this point in Matthew chapter 3, has Jesus healed anybody? Hmm? No. Was he God? But did he heal anybody? Um, 
up until this point in chapter 3, did he raise anybody from the dead? But was he God? How about turning water into wine? Did he do that before Matthew chapter 3? Was it before then that he turned water into wine? Before that? No, he didn't do that. But was he God? Yes. So here he is, and he says, John, you need to go in and baptize me. You know, let it be done. I know you don't want to, but let, let it be done. And I get John's position on that. I'm, he knows this is the Messiah. He knows his cousin is the Messiah. He knows what he's there to do, and he's thinking, I'm not worthy to put, you know, to dunk you. I need you to dunk me. And Jesus said, no, let it be this way. This, this must be done. Why must it be done? Because when he came up out of the water, the Spirit of God came upon him like a dove. Jesus was anointed. Acts chapter 10, verse 38 says this. I'm a little bit out of order now. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. The point I want you to see right now, we're going to come back to this first, but, but how God anointed. Everybody say anointed. Did you ever think about that for a moment? Uh, that, that, that Jesus is God, but then he gets anointed? Why does God need to be anointed? Was he God? We already just went over this. Was he, was he, was he God as a baby in, 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 the, in his mom's arms? Yes. Had he been anointed yet? Apparently not. Exactly. That's a good answer. Apparently not. Because right there in chapter 3 of Matthew, it shows he, he was anointed. Why does God need to be, why did God need to be anointed? You would have thought he would have come ready. But as we said, apparently he wasn't. Let me give you the answer. Because Jesus never healed a person. Jesus never turned the water into wine. Jesus never raised the dead apart from the anointing. Jesus never healed the person. Jesus never brought revelation to the eyes of people. Uh, he, he never raised the dead and turned water into wine because he was God. When we talk about healing, for example, many in the church will say that, well, you know, God healed them because he's God. Well, I don't know if we're going to get to it. We'll see. But, but Jesus didn't heal people because he was God. He healed people because he was anointed. He was, he was God, but he was anointed by God. And he served and ministered as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. So the scripture that shows us this, and we, we can turn this real quick, Philippians chapter 2, verse 7, and it says this, in Philippians, let me get over there. There we go, Philippians chapter 2, verse 7 says this, but he's talking about Jesus, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. He, was ma he made himself of no reputation and took, himself, and took the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. He stripped himself, he stripped himself of godly powers when he came to the earth. And he operated as a man anointed by the Holy Ghost. Whenever God does something on this earth, he does it by his anointing. Now he can do it because of Jesus. Praise God for that. But it's actually the anointing. It's actually the Holy Spirit. It's actually the, 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 the Spirit of God that brings that change. Let's keep on. Let's look at the purpose. Go back to Acts chapter 10. 
We read that a minute ago already. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. What's the purpose of the anointing that he was given? Do you see that God anointed him? Doesn't it say that? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, <coughs> excuse me, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed, for God was with him. What's the purpose of the anointing that was upon Jesus? Well, in this instance, we see that he used it to do good. And that, I like that. That's good. Who wants good in your life? In healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Notice the healing is, is oppression from the devil. Or excuse me, disease is, is, is oppression of the devil. For God was with him. God anointed Jesus to do these things. Now who, I don't, I don't know if you know, but here in Acts chapter 10, Peter's actually preaching this thing. Because in verse 34 it says, and Peter opened his mouth and said, you know, and he began to preach. So Peter's preaching this thing. <coughs> and excuse me, he gets to verse 30. Well, he's not reading verse 38. We just named it 38. He gets on verse, verse 38 and he said, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Peter's preaching. Why did Peter preach that? Well, besides it's true. He preached that because he heard Jesus say that. Look at me if you would in Luke. Luke chapter 4. Why did Peter preach that? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Why did Peter preach about the fact that Jesus was anointed and used that anointing to bring good and heal all that was oppressed of the devil? Because he saw Jesus when he ministered, he did the same thing. So in Luke chapter 4, Jesus was in church, as was his custom, it says. And he went up and, and asked for that book of Isaiah and it was delivered unto him. And then he reads from the book of Isaiah and, 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 and he says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me. Everybody say anointed. Yeah, Jesus was anointed. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Why? Why was Jesus anointed? He was anointed to preach he was anointed to set free those that were brokenhearted. He was there to bring deliverance. He was there to recover. You see that? He was there to set at liberty. How did he do these things? He did it by the anointing that God placed upon him. That's how God moves. And he does it the same way today. But you know what? He's anointed you. 1 John 4, verse 4. 1 John 4, verse 4. What does he say there? You are God, little children. You, you. You are God, little children, have overcome because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He's saying a greater one lives in you. Who is that greater one? It's the Holy Spirit. That is exactly right. The anointing is there. Pat yourself right here. That anointing is right there. Not down here. I don't know. In your spirit. In the real you. Not this body of flesh. I mean, it's in there because your spirit's in there. But the anointing, the greater one, is on the inside of you. The anointing that brings godly change is on the inside of you. Wherever you go, the possibility of God making godly change in the lives that you are around uh, is possible. You've got the yoke-destroying power living within you. You don't, 
you don't have to wait for the ministry gift. And remember when we read in that 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and it's talking about how God has set members in the body, each one particular? Who was he talking about? Every one of us, wasn't he? Now he goes on to say, no, some aren't, you know, the ministry gift. Some won't do this. And if you're the knee, you need to be the knee and not try to be the elbow. Remember all that? He talked about that. But when you are set in your place in the body of Christ and function in that place in the body of Christ that God has set you in, you're allowed, you have given opportunity for that greater one that's in you to bring godly change into the lives of people. But what was the greater way for you to allow the anointing to flow? What do we read? I have a more excellent way. What was it? Love. Who can do that here? You can do that. You can do that. You can walk in love. You can... This is what I want you to see today. He wants to minister through you. Because the people you come in contact, she may not. And the people she comes in contact, he may not. We got to be ready to allow the anointing that's within us make the lot the change in the lives of people now of course that that anointing is within you um, to help you too I mean because specifically on that verse year of God little children have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world I think that's really more of a personal thing that he's speaking of the greater one is there for your benefit And you look in 1 John chapter 2, around verse, what, 27? Is that on there? 1 John 2, 27? I can't remember if I have that in my notes or not. Yeah, yeah. But the anointing which you received of him abideth where? In you. He's talking about the anointing, that, 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 that ability that, that can break the yoke of bondage, not only in your life but in others. But he says this, but you have received of him abideth in you, and you need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth and is no lie, even as it hath taught you, you shall abide in him. What is it? What, 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 what? That anointing that you have received of him, <coughs> it abideth in you. It's right here. And then you need not that any man teach you. You, you, don't, you don't need anybody to teach you. Well, I guess I just won't go to church this Sunday because I don't need any man to I got scriptural proof right here. Is that what he's saying? No. He's saying as the ministry gift stands before you and ministers to you, as Pastor Tommy ministers to you, and that revelation knowledge drops in your heart, that's the anointing at work, and then that teaches you. Oh, yeah, I'll do that. Okay. So you come into service. Just seems to me, I don't know about you, and, and, and unfortunately my wife couldn't be here today. I, sorry, she could, maybe next time she'll come up here with me. That'd be good. But who knows the time that the, it seems like the enemy wants to come in and mess you up is on your drive to church on Sunday morning. Anybody else? And you come in the, you come walking in, walk through the doors. Hey, brother. Then you all, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you still like, ugh. Can't believe he did that. Can't believe she did that. <sighs> Come sit down. <laughs> this is an attitude, not an actual arm thing, because you're good. You're good. <laughs> and you've closed yourself off. And you may have heard the words Pastor Tommy ministers. But your heart's got the shutdown going. And there's no room for the anointing to make its way in there to hear you, for you to hear. And you walk out of here without a chance.
for God to make godly change in your life. Then you got to hear it later on a CD or a tape or whatever, you know, to get it. Because you cut yourself off from godly change. Because I can't teach you anything that's going to bring godly change. Only the anointing can do that, and that's what he's saying. Pastor Tommy can't teach you anything that's going to bring godly change unless he does it by and you receive it by the anointing. Do you see where we're coming from? But that anointing lives in you, but that anointing abides in you. And, and as I read that studying for this week, never saw this before. Is it back up there? Yeah. But the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you, and you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth and is no lie, even as, to the same level as, are you with me? The same level as what? As the anointing teaches you. The same level as, even as it hath taught you, you shall abide in him. So as you allow the anointing that's within you to teach you, you will abide in him. And I'm going to say it on the other side. As you refuse to allow the anointing to teach you, well, that's how you're abiding in him too. But Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will. That should be done unto you. I remember that verse because it used to be a song back in the day. I don't know if y'all remember that one. Ask what you, you want to be to that point where you ask what you will and it shall be done unto you? Then you need to abide in him. And that was John, by the way, saying that. But then, so, so, but then John gives us a little more detail here, a little more revelation later on when he wrote 1 John. And he says, as you allow the anointing to teach you, ah, to that same level you, that it's taught you, you're going to abide in him. Let the anointing make a difference in your life. I am so glad I could be here with you today because I wanted to share that with you. Now, I've, I've got a lot more, but we, had, we went on that tangent so I didn't get all my message done here. Maybe we'll get another chance sometime. But I want you to take what the Holy Spirit has ministered to you today and not let it sit there and not forget it. Those last two verses in Timothy, put out that second to last one if you would. I do want to show this as we close. Don't let it just, don't receive it and say, yeah, that's exactly what I need to do and go out and not not let it make the difference that it's being to make. What is it? It's, uh, oh, I'm sorry, 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 14. Yeah, there it is. Neglect, everybody say neglect. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of hands by the presbytery. He's talking about the gift that's in you. What's the gift that's in you, the anointing? And he uses the word neglect, and it means this. Don't let it become dormant. You ever heard that before? Yeah, you have. Who you heard that from? Doug Jones? Oh, okay. Don't, let, don't neglect it. Don't let it go dormant. Now that other verse, that other verse right here. Yeah, yeah. Meditate upon these things. Here we go. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them that they my, my, my profiting may appear unto all. Ooh, I like that. Take heed unto thyself, unto thy doctrine, the things that you've heard. Continue in them. 
For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. It's good for you and it's good for others. Now turn to that 2 Timothy chapter uh, 1, if you will. You put that up there for me. And then he tells you this. 2 Timothy chapter 1. He says, stir up the gift of God that's within you. Stir it up. Because unless you stir it up, it can get dormant. You can, you'll neglect it. Stir up the gift of God that's within you. So when you hear something, when God speaks to you, when you know God's calling you, when you know just like you had to respond to the drawing of the Holy Spirit when you got born again, you need to respond to the drawing of the Holy Spirit when he's saying, do this. Because he just wants to bring godly change in your life. That's what he wants to do. Amen. Let's bow our head. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your anointing. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for everyone that's born again. That everyone that's received Jesus has the greater one living in them. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that that, that, that ability, that power to bring godly change lives within us. And I thank you, Heavenly Father, that that anointing is there. Not only to bring change in our lives, but those that are around us. Because we can minister and we can flow in the anointing as you've given it to us. And we'll neglect not the gift that's in, the, in us that you've given so graciously, but we'll stir up the gift of God that's within us. We'll keep it alive on the inside and begin to walk in those things that God shows us from this day on out. We'll allow that spirit of God to move through us when he nudges us. And we expect, Heavenly Father, to see lives changed People accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior because the anointing flows within us. Oh, Heavenly Father, I thank you for each one that's here. Every person that's here, I thank you for their gifting, for their anointing, for that place in the body that they've been set. May your anointing continue to flow in them. Thanks for listening to our Grace Family Church podcast. We really hope you enjoyed this message. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, we would love for you to get connected. Just go to gfcva.info to learn more about who we are, how to give to this ministry, or how you can get involved. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.